Welcome, travelers. I'm Lee Wanika. And I'm Josh. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. show that encourages curiosity and imaginative play with catchy original music and storytelling. Come sing and play with Arnold the Slug, Harold the Librarian, and me, Aldern the Alien, and many more of Mr. Dave's friends in the town of Magical Forest every week on YouTube. Just search Mr. Dave with an exclamation mark and look for the blue shirt and bow tie. You can also find fun time with Mr. Dave on Facebook and Instagram at Slash Dave the Entertainer. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We're going to continue the side quest that we started a couple of weeks ago, talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe investors meeting reveal full of, of new projects that are coming and trailers for things which are in development now. We're going to start talking about the top five properties that came out of that investors meeting that excited us the most. And just to kind of, again, talk about the criteria that we used, we talked about how well they were casted, the medium that was chosen for that particular property, as well as um, how well it seems to be directed and how well it seems to be appropriate for the genre. We talked about uh, how interesting the story seems to be. We talked about its connection to the greater MCU and what doors is it going to open, etc. Um, and as always, we had our wild card category, uh, which is basically uh, it's a conceit for Lee Wanika and I to go ahead and say, you know what, uh, this rating should be a little bit higher just because I really like it. Lee Wanika, why don't you go ahead and start with number five on our list? Absolutely. So I want to say first thing about number five is this was my personal number one. It's our combined ranking that brings it to number five. Shame on you, Josh, because um, <laughs> this property is flat out the bomb. I'm talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sebastian Stan, so good as Bucky Barnes and the Winter Soldier. I got to tell you, when First Avengers was first cast, I was not keen on the character playing Bucky being a big dude because traditionally he wasn't, uh, at least not as a young man. I got the fact Sebastian Stan could play him as the Winter Soldier. I just wasn't keen on him being the guy back in the day. And then I saw him act and I'm like, I want this dude to do this. This is going to be great. In the Winter Soldier, my absolute favorite MCU movie, period, hands down, full stop. He blew me out of the water. He was so good. And in every appearance he's been in, nothing but accolades for this guy. And as far as the Falcon, Anthony Mack, whenever you want to act, just do it. Because if somebody's not letting you get a role, they don't know what they're talking about. Cut the check. <laughs> if Mr. Mack actually hears this, he'll know why that's cool. Anybody who watches special features on movies, they'll know why that's cool. But I got to tell you, these are these are two of my favorites quote-unquote side characters from the MCU. These are, they're just awesome. And the story of these two characters in comic books is something I came up with. That's exactly where I was going to say, yeah. I was reading Cap when Sam Wilson became his, and he shared a title. I don't know if you knew this, but there was a number of years in the 70s where it was the name of the Captain America comic, same numbering system, just changed to Captain America and the Falcon. Right. 
And yes. that's when I was first collecting that comic book. Yeah. Um, uh, Bucky Barnes has always been my hero. I used to watch the old 1960s Captain America um, shows, you know, when Captain America throws his mighty shield. I watched those, and Bucky was the guy I wanted to be. Um, I've always had this thing for the sidekick, as that's the kind of person I always fashioned myself to be. How can I help the hero still do the right things without having all of those abilities? Yeah. Um, that that's always been my guy. Um, it was shout fun. out a little bit to our uh, to our. Uh, uh, the rogue subclass episode actually, because uh, there's a lot in there about your feeling on sidekicks and stuff like that too. So yeah, absolutely. That that's just where I go to. I think there's so much narrative weight uh, to those characters. Um, if there's ever a property you watched and witnessed, and then there's a, a character within that that gets their own thing, it's going to be that sidekick. It's going to be that guy that helped the hero get it done. Their story is going to be the one that really carries on the other things. Yeah. That's why we get shows like The Mandalorian. That's why we get shows like Ahsoka. It's because, you know, Snips was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, so looking at this, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and the fact they're doing it in a buddy cop kind of fashion, and we got to see in that trailer some of that back and forth, hell yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I I am uh, I'm I'm gonna cling to uh, the excuse that I don't know the story from the comic books. The only story that I know is from the MCU. Um, I liked Civil War. Civil War was not my number one film in the in kind of the first three tiers of the Avengers movies. We will we will debate that point back and forth uh, and never come to a resolution. We don't have time for that this week. So, <clears throat> but that's our flame wars side quest. Here's here's my here's my take on Falcon and Winter Soldier. I love that there's another Avengers movie. I love that there's another Avengers movie in the pipeline and that it's coming out. I'm I want to know what this angle on it is going to bring to the table. And I just don't know enough to go ahead and rate it any higher than I did. Now our ratings were not that different. They were about a point and a half apart when you averaged it out. And I think that it's really just a lack of knowledge about what what this relationship is going to be and what are these stories going to be. So I'm gonna I, it yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, the interesting thing is this relationship that we see in the MCU is exceptionally different than the relationship between Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes had been in the comic book. Up to the point where I kind of stopped collecting comic books, Bucky Barnes had not yet returned as the Winter Soldier. Interesting. So they didn't connect. They were not in the same issues. If you saw Bucky, you were looking at a historical thing or a what if story yep if you uh, uh and if you saw sam you were looking at what was going on currently yep. so it's very uh interesting to me to see them both together because this is one of those elements where i love the update more than i liked the original yep and the actors in question uh anthony mack made falcon far more interesting than he ever was on the page. All right. Um, I spoke in the last side quest about Marvel stuff, about the difference between tokenism and theme and perspective. Falcon was a character built of tokenism. And therefore, even though he was essentially in the comic to gather me as a fan, he actually did the opposite. It was the strength of Cap that kept me as a fan 
through those years. And I did enjoy or come to enjoy the friendship that they had. That, by the way, translates perfectly into the MCU. I didn't care for the character that much. The friendship was cool, but I didn't care about the character. Anthony Mack's portrayal of Sam Wilson makes me care about the character. I like him as he is being portrayed. And more of that is only better. So I think that that's an interesting lead-in to the property that we had ranked number four on our list, and that is the new Black Panther movie. It received a lot of criticism from people who didn't want to see it for how good the first Black Panther movie was and how important the first Black Panther movie was from a social point of view. We talked a lot about, when we started talking about Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, we talked a lot about how the Dungeons and Dragons community needed better representation and how in a small way, changing how you build a character away from stereotypes was important. And there were a lot of people that looked at Black Panther and said that it was a really, really socially important movie. And there were a lot of people that looked at Black Panther and said, well, it was an okay MCU movie. Now, I think that the first Black Panther was an amazing film. People don't want to look at how good the acting in Black Panther was, how great Chadwick Boseman was as the Black Panther. Nobody wants to look at how great Michael B. Jordan was as Killmonger. That movie was an amazing movie. And I think that it, in certain circles, got swept up in the politics and and people saying, oh, well, that it was a token movie um, and did not actually look at how good that movie was. So I am very excited for the next Black Panther movie. And I think that it is a very brave choice to not recast T'Challa after Chadwick Boseman has unfortunately passed away. I have a perspective that I hope in the end will not be terribly unique. Let me first say that the Black Panther was an amazing film, but I want to kind of go into why and where that comes from. I spoke when I was speaking about Sam Wilson about that was a character born out of tokenism. And on the page, I never really connected. The exact same I would say about the Black Panther. It was a character created out of tokenism. I, as a child, thought the name was terrible. I found that the original comic book depictions of Wakanda were terrible. There wasn't anything I liked about that character, and I didn't actually start liking that character until the Ultimate Avengers, both in comic book and, most importantly, in the animated show. Uh, Ultimate Avengers 2, that animated movie, was the first time I, as a comic book fan and as a fan of movies, superhero movies in particular, liked the character of T'Challa. At that point, this is a character who had been around for years. He had been an Avenger. He had led the Avengers. He had married Aurora of the X-Men. There are so many stories that have been told about this character that are so collectively important in comic books that this was a character I was always supposed to like, and I never did. I should add, and obviously, Josh, you know, many listening to me also know, a large portion of my family is from Zambia. The amount of my family members who had so many positive things to say about this movie and about Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of this movie was amazing. I have friends who are black, who uh, their kids love this character. They finally feel represented. And I've known this character since I was four and never felt that way. 
the fact that I've got a, a, you know, when I was seven, I could never feel that way about this character. And the fact that now today, my a good friend of mine, her seven, her, her son who's seven, can wear a Black Panther co uh, costume. He can say Wakanda forever, and it means something to him. And I can celebrate that with them. That means a lot to me. What the MCU did for this character is something I've never seen in film before. I've never seen a character that was so token become so thematic and perspective in my life. I've just not seen that before. I don't know if it has happened before. Wow. I don't know if it will happen again. They did it with this. As far as whether the choice was brave to not recast him, I think it was an easier choice than you might think because I don't think you'd have easily found somebody who would wanted to have tried. I think what was brave was keeping it on the slate for this phase. Me personally, I would have thought, let it rest a phase. Let's stick it out to 25, uh, 2025. Let's stick it out phase five. Then we'll bring it back with the carry on and then it, you'll find ways to weave in the story. Like you can talk, have Shiri uh, do appearances or perhaps maybe uh, a four episode miniseries or have somebody do something to help Shiri gain power in some other show. Like Shiri and Wakanda could help in the secret invasion in some fashion. So they stay in our consciousness, but they're not in a position where they have to carry that load that Mr. Bozeman carried so artfully. I mean, he really did. I felt the presence of royalty. I felt the weight of responsibility in his voice, in his posture, in his mannerisms, in his methodology. And I think it's going to be very hard for this film to live up to that. And that's no shame. That's no shade. I don't discount anything that anybody who's involved in this project is doing, has done, or will do. Yeah. I think it's just going to be hard for people to look at this film with fresh eyes saying, was the story good? Was the acting good? And did it all come together well? I think that's going to be hard. I think we're just going to be reminded that, man, I wish Mr. Bozeman was still with us. That is a incredible monologue, my friend. Like that is, you, you, you summed up, I think, so much in that we rank that very high i think if i gave it down marks it's because of that fear of that, that fear yeah it is something i'm looking that. forward yeah. to and it is something i'm going to watch and yeah. be proud to watch and um regardless of how it comes out the fact that it's happening is a testimony yep. mr bozeman so we, my we, best way to honor his work is to watch this film with the best and freshest eyes i possibly can yep. I mean, if in your, your feedback notes on here is that you just hope that it'll be good enough to pay proper respect. We're going to change gears a lot. <laughs> with We're going to go about, heavy to light. For talking about what we ranked number three, and both of us gave feedback on this one in all caps because of how excited we are about the Loki series that is coming to Disney+. Plus. Talk about a show that is casted amazingly and that i am exceptionally excited to watch my show notes started with three letters all caps t o m mic drop i am telling you i am all about tom hiddleston 
I am all about his portrayal of Loki. It's actually hard for me to watch him in anything else and not yep. look for Loki-isms. <laughs> um, I think everything about the character is great, and I think there's so many amazing things he did in the first Thor movie as directed by one of my all-time favorite directors, Kenneth Branagh, that he carried on. Now, whether yeah. Branagh brought that out or just allowed it to flourish and Tom already had it there, I think it's probably a mix of the two. And it worked so well in Thor that Hiddleston's skill and talent allowed him to carry it in all of his other portrayals. So I think being able to see the sympathetic, the sinister, uh, the funny, the comical, the witty, and the sarcasm, uh, which we saw in this trailer, is going to carry that series. I'm so looking forward to that. As much as I'm looking forward to that, I'm really interested in the medium. I like the way it's being done. The yeah. nature of this show just looks cool. Yep. Uh, you know, the mystery elements, Loki in the middle of this, and the time bending, and 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 all that stuff. I, I'm just like, oh, I got to see this. Oh, and 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 you know what? I I do not know much about the Marvel comic universe. I, I we have talked about this before. Comic books were never my thing, but Owen Wilson as Mobius sounds amazing. Like that's yes. it. Just there's just something. There is something so wrong about that that it is so right. I just I I I, I can't put my finger on it, but amazing. So anybody who knows me knows that between the two comic book companies, I'm more DC than I am Marvel. But I have been a fan and a collector of both for years. I'm going to say this. The fact that I live in a world where the Wilson brothers are simultaneously going to be in two different comic book series. One for DC, Luke, Stargirl, and the other for Marvel, Owen, Loki, has got me doing giddy schoolgirl backflips like, <laughs> like i can't get enough That's like i just right. can't um no, not right if if owen can do half as good as luke uh, in loki as luke did with his role in star girl we are in for a treat and i love owen wilson i think he's amazing i think he's funny when he needs to be when he does serious roles he's he is what he needs to be and in the series with tom hiddleston and loki you need somebody that can play off of somebody who's very quick with the banter and quick with it. You need somebody who feels like he's keeping up. And we know Owen can do that. He's done that with Vince Vaughn. He's done that with other folks in, in other in other properties. He very often acts off of another person. So this is something that I think is going to be amazing. Yeah. Talk about something that we think is going to be amazing. We're going to roll right on through here to what we ranked number two on the list. And this is the new animated anthology on Disney+. Plus. What if? Lee Winnicka, what can you tell us about the origin of what What If is about? So the What If comic series, I want to say it started in the mid to late 70s. I'm not sure when I exactly started collecting it, but at one point I had every issue of it. Um, it may have even started earlier than I was collecting and I may have just gotten back issues. But it was a series that basically said this pivotal storyline took place, your character succeeded or failed, or your character took a left instead of a right. And quite honestly, this takes the perspective of what if they did the opposite. And then it extrapolates from there. What if, you know, Captain America didn't did not fall under the ice at the end of World War II? What would the world have looked like? Uh, what if 
She-Hulk never joined the Fantastic Four as, as an episode? What if Johnny Blaze never made his deal with Mephisto? Um, you know, these are all the types of things that happen in, in those storylines. And they're infinite. Every great comic book storyline has a what-if tale that can be told. Cool. And this allows the MCU to do the one thing that they haven't necessarily been able to do for me is they can now do a what-if story and give me the comic book that I wanted. MCU did its, made its own choice about how things were going to go. They could actually do a story where what if Tony Stark didn't, and I, they might not do this one, but this is an example. What if Tony Stark didn't admit he was Iron Man? Because mm-hmm. in the comic books, he was secretive. Right. Him coming out as Iron Man was a movie thing only. And it works really well for the MCO. I'm glad they did it. It actually makes more sense than what took place in the comic books. Hmm. But it's different. You know, how does that change the armor wars? How does that change all these other situations? You know, the what if show might allow us to get the genie in a bottle uh, uh, issue uh, or demon in a bottle, rather. I apologize Mm -hmm. uh, from Tony Stark's past as an alcoholic. These are types of things that I think could be done with what if. I think they're skewing a little younger, so we're not likely to get that story either. But just seeing uh, Captain Britain being uh, Haley Atwell's character, it sounds interesting to me. It sounds awesome. What if Steve never did that job? You know, mm-hmm. what if he wasn't Captain America? What happens to the world? What happens to World War Two? You know, there are so many cool things. You know, maybe we might get a what if, what if Natasha didn't die? There are kinds of interesting things that could happen uh, yeah. that I think what ifs will cover. And it gives us Owatu, the Watcher. Who's playing Owatu, but Jeffrey Wright, one of my favorite actors. Jeffrey Wright is a an actor that I love from his work in Westworld, which if that's not a show that you're watching, you need to watch Westworld. Amazing show. He and also played Felix in the um, in the James Bond films, uh, starting with yep. Casino Royale. I believe he's going to be in uh, the, mo- the the upcoming he, James he Bond film. No in, in that one? Yes. Yep. He no is in No Time to Die. To die. Yep. Uh, he, he is playing Commissioner Gordon in the Robert Pattinson Batman film. Uh, so he's making he's making the genre rounds right now. To say he's an actor to watch, he's been on this yeah. level and on this stage for a very long time. I want to say twenty years that I've been. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so uh, looking looking at his IMDb profile, what I did not realize is that he was in one of my all time favorite shows. He was in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles in the early nineties. So. I did not know that. Yeah, he played Sidney Beckett. Oh, oh that is also one of my faves. Oh, I so love good. that show. Oh, God, that show is so good. I have the box set. So, yeah, What If? Super exciting and made huge, uh, huge scores in its medium category uh, because animation is the right is the right way to go about this particular this particular property with animation you can get fantastic you can show the big booms you can show all the cool stuff and i think there's no other way to do what if stories other than animation because you now have the budget for something that's not ongoing you don't build a physical set we're down to number one and the one property that i ranked as a 10 out of 10 you ranked it as a 9 out of 10. I don't know how you possibly found a point to go ahead and take away, but I'll let you have it. She-Hulk. I will tell you the main reason why I took away from it is because there's a couple plot things that I'm not sure where, how they're going to do it. I will tell you this also. It is not because of casting. Yeah, no. It is nope. not because of connection to the world. 
and it is not because of interest to the story. And I even gave it a top rating for Wildcard. In fact, since we ranked, a couple things have happened, and I actually updated my ranking not too long ago about this. Um, but since I've gotten more information on it, I would actually probably rank this slightly higher than I originally did. Yep. I'm not going to change it for the purpose of this episode. It's not we are number one, but the fact that Tim Roth is reprising as the abomination, oh. which oh, I knew, just, but I've done some more research on that, and I'm so much more excited because I thought Tim Roth was one of the exceptional parts about the the Incredible Hulk. All I can say is I am so looking forward to this. Jen so looking forward has always been a favorite of mine. By the way, her stint on the Fantastic Four, as written and drawn by John Byrne, I've spoken about him previously, and I fanboy about John Byrne all the time. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. She was an amazing member of the Fantastic Four. She was an amazing Avenger. She is an amazing character. And I've since heard that there may be ways that she's going to connect to the world even better than what I thought because she's in the legal world. We're looking at connections between her and possibly the Daredevil from the Netflix series Interact, mm -hmm. which will only make that so much more better because Charlie Cox was all so good. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yep. I, this, is, this is a preview that made this show look so good i i am i cannot wait i'm watching it i'm watching it 100 i'm watching it cannot wait cannot wait and now we've kind of left anybody listening to this is like they haven't said her name yet leonica and josh have not said her name yet and we're kind of doing that on purpose because i a trailer is supposed to tease you drag you along and bring bring out the best stuff right at that last moment so i want to kind of I, I want i want you to know but that's what we were doing. I was purposely trying to avoid saying her name. And it was actually very challenging not to. Tatiana Mansole mm -hmm. as the She-Hulk is quite possibly the most brilliant and amazing casting I yep. have seen in an MCU film to date. So good. I have no doubts that we are in, in for a fantastic show. I yep. have watched this actor work for four and a half, almost five years on Orphan Black. Yep. One of my all-time favorite sci-fi shows. Uh sci-fi genre action drama drama shows, however you want to title it. Different people will call it different things because her acting allowed that show to be all of those things. It had elements of horror that she did well. It had elements of comedy that she did well. It had elements of thriller that she did exceptionally well. And it had elements of drama that she did very well. There's nothing this woman cannot do well. Yep. I am not an actor, have never been an actor. I have several friends who are actors. And I can tell you that I love sitting around actors and just interacting with them and watching them talk and watching them do their thing. And I learn from that from a game perspective. I love to take techniques and things they talk about and mannerisms that they use and yep. replicate those then at my tabletop. And I can tell you, I do the same thing with my games after watching Tatiana work her magic on the screen. She has an ability, and I think I may have said this in another episode at some point in the past when we were talking about different things. She has an ability to play her role so well that when she played, she played clones and twins. For anybody who doesn't know, Orphan Black was about a, a, a series of clones. 
and Tatiana played most of those clones, uh, all of the female clones. And so everyone grew up in a different location, had a different mentality, a different concept. They were different people. She played each of those roles differently. And she did it so well that in the few instances where she had to be clone number one, pretending to be clone number four, you could actually tell that it was clone number one trying to be number four just by looking at her. She could physically act that difference. So looking for me, knowing the character behind She-Hulk, knowing how she was as Bruce Banner's cousin before she became the She-Hulk, uh, looking to see her play timid and then play overt and boisterous, which she became, and seeing that difference, I can't wait. I just can't wait. <clears throat> can't wait. The trailer looked so good on this. Uh, I'm I'm so excited about that show. I cannot wait uh, to see more uh, from She-Hulk. This is this looks uh, fabulous. Absolutely, and the fact that Tim Roth will be in it, Ruff oh. will be in it. They're teasing the possibility of Daredevil being in it. This could be our connection to get back our Netflix uh, folks who are so awesome, which I would love to have happen. I would love, yep. I know actors have to get on with their lives. They have to move on to other contracts. They have to keep working. This is the yep. world. But if they could come back to these characters in a limited fashion, even if it's an episode here or an episode there, sweet Christmas, I want to see Luke Cage one more time. <laughs> All right, so that was our MCU upcoming projects top five. Please tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. Tell us what you disagree with. Tell us what you agree with. Tell us what you're excited about. Best way to go ahead and do that is to go to the website, www.ttjourneys.com. Leave a comment, subscribe to the blog. There's a lot of stuff on there other than the podcast. And of course, you can listen to all the old podcast episodes also. You can also join us on Twitter at ttjourneys. Comment on us there or search for Tabletop Journeys on Facebook and join the group. Got a really great community there. A lot of conversations happening there. Otherwise, you can always email us also. Email address is podcast at ttjourneys.com. Additionally, you can subscribe to our podcast, Tabletop Journeys, on Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. If you uh, don't find us on the platform you typically use, contact us. Let us know. We will be happy to get there. We'll be anywhere you need us or want us to be. Thanks again for joining us for this side quest episode. This has been Tabletop Journeys. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.